Welcome to Edgemont Bible Church in Fairview Heights, Illinois, where our mission is to glorify God by guiding people into a discipleship relationship with our Lord Jesus Christ. Let's listen in to today's message by our pastor, Douglas A. White. Revelation 21. Having turned there, we are talking about the city that God built, the city that God built. And if I can say this, God's been building that city all along. Abraham looked for it. Abraham was looking for that city. We are told in Hebrews that Abraham was looking for a city who's, who has foundations, whose builder and maker is God. Jesus was preparing it for his bride. Listen, what Jesus said when he said, you ha- I know that your hearts are troubled right now by what I have told you about my leaving. Don't let your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my father's, and you could say city for if you want to say city, in my father's house there are many dwelling places. Right now I'm going to prepare a... Oh, thank you. Uh, thank you very much. I appreciate that. All right. If I do that, it would be more than three. <laughs> that would be a short sermon, won't it? Okay, well, it, um, never mind. You, you'll get it in a little while. All right. Jesus said he's going to go prepare it for us. Then he said, then, if I prepare it for you, I will come again to receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. This is what Jesus was talking about. Everybody with me? This is this city that he gave us here. That's the one he prepared. So we're looking now, here's Jesus about, uh, in, in our timeline here, here's Jesus about this time explaining that he's going to go build a place. Now, he's been gone for all these years. Now, we know the several things that Jesus is doing. We know that today, Jesus is praying for you. We know today that Jesus is praying for me. Jesus is praying for the church. He's making intercession for us. We know that today Jesus is standing before the Father as the accuser accuses us of sin. Jesus is making that kind of intercession for us there as well. We know that Jesus is waiting for the Father to tell him, go. And when the Father tells him, go, then everything that Jesus has told us about all here and all through the prophets is going to come true. It's all waiting for that fulfillment right there. Jesus is doing that even now. But we also know that Jesus is preparing a place for us. And here's the picture of it as it, as it gets uh, to come down for us to see, all right? So the author of Hebrews speaks about that city. It tells us that this is, a matter of fact, look at Hebrews 12 just for a minute, 18 to 24. Look at Hebrews 12, 18 to 24. He says this, for you have not come to the mountain that may be touched, uh, that, or, yet you have not come to the mountain that may be touched and that burned with fire to blackness and darkness and tempest and the sound of a trumpet and the voice of words so that those who heard it begged that the word should not be spoken to them anymore. What mountain was that? Remember that? That's Mount Sinai. Remember when they came to Mount Sinai, the voice of God was like a huge trumpet. And it was just blaring out there. And they were saying, we don't want to hear that. That's, that's too much for us. And they're looking at the fire at this mountain, and it's totally on fire. It must have looked somewhat like a volcano. 
but it's just loaded with fire. That's all the Shekinah glory of God. That's all of those uh, uh, cherubim. That's, that's all of the seraphim. That's all the divine counsel. That was God's throne right on a mountain here on the planet. That's what they were seeing. And he said, you haven't come to that mountain. Israel came to that mountain. And that was a mountain that was full of regulations and full of things that you got to do. But he said, let's go on. Verse 20, for they could not endure what was commanded. And if so much as a beast touches the mountain, it shall be stoned or shot with an arrow. And so terrifying was the sight that Moses said, I am exceedingly afraid and trembling. Now, that's the same Moses who God's going to say, walk up on this mountain. Guys, that, that takes a lot of Holy Spirit courage. You understand what I'm saying? That, that mountain's got everybody else scared, and God is calling him up into that mountain. He says, but you have come to Mount Zion to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, to an innumerable company of angels. Who's going to be in that city? An innumerable company of angels. To the general assembly and church of the firstborn who are registered in heaven. They've got their, their names written in the Lamb's book of life. To, the, to God, the judge of all the spirits of just men made perfect, to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, and the blood of the sprinkling that brings better things than that of Abel. That's this city. Everybody with me? All right, let's go then to this. It's built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets. Go back to Revelation 21. And there it's built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Jesus as its cornerstone. How do we know that? Well, guys, that's what it's descending right here. It's coming down right here. So it's having been built all along through this period of time. Now, here's what we can know. Look at Ephesians chapter 2 just for a moment. Ephesians chapter 2. You say, why are, why are we doing these gymnastics here, going back and forth here? It's easy. I will tell you why. Because I want you to know this is not a last-minute thought on the part of God. This is something he's doing today. This is something that's going on now, something that has its fruition in the day that Jesus returns, okay? So here's what he said, Ephesians 2, 19 to 22. He said, Now, therefore, you are no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. Stop just a minute. Once you get this picture He is speaking to you about this city that is your registration place. That's where you already are. Everybody got it? He's got your name written down there. Your name is in the Lamb's Book of Life, and you can be found on the registry of the city of heaven. Here it is, the Holy Jerusalem. There's already Gordon Neal written right there. It's already there. That's that's what you're looking at, kids. This is home. This is where we're going, all right? Go on with me further. 19 to 22, he goes on to say this. Therefore, you are no longer strangers or foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God, having been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets. That's exactly what he said that city was. Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone in whom the whole body being fitted together grows into a holy temple in the Lord, in whom you also are being built together for a dwelling place of God in the Spirit. You get this? Now, here's the deal. Every one of you in here are a brick, a brick in this building. You follow where I'm at? 
You're a brick in that building. That's why you have to be using your spiritual gift with the body of Christ. You weren't saved to go on vacation, guys. You were saved to participate with each other. You have a spiritual gift that is to be used here. And when you're using your spiritual gift, what's coming out of that spiritual gift is the mortar that holds us all together. That's what binds the church together. Your spiritual gift with the person next to you, spiritual gift, the one that's above you, the one below you, we're all being built this beautiful city. We are that city. Everybody, everybody follow me? That we are being built that way. He is building this city, and this is him explaining it. Look with me at uh, chapter 4 just for a moment. Which is see something in Ephesians chapter 4. <clears throat> He said, and he himself, I'm sorry, chapter 4, verse 11, and he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers. Why does he do that? Well, because he likes hierarchies. He likes structures, right? No, he tells us what it is. The, verse 12, for the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry. So what's he doing it for? So that each one of you who have a particular gift get equipped for it that pastors, teachers, and all those are telling you, this is what the work is that needs to be done. This is how we can do it. Here's how you get equipped to do it so they, so they can be equipped. And he goes on to say it this way, <clears throat> for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure, the stature, the fullness of Christ, that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro, carried about with every wind of doctrine. You see what he's building? You are a part of this church that he's building that's not rocked. It's not moved by winds of doctrine. It's solid. It's firm. It is a living, everlasting place. But he goes on further to say this. <clears throat> by the trickery of men and the cunning of craftiness of deceitful plotting, but speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into him who is the head, Christ, from whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies according to the effective working by which every part does its share causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. We are, can I say it this way, the shadow of the true things in heaven. What's happening in here is God is building in the church of Jesus Christ the temple that is modeled after the temple that's descending in this last day. That's what's going on with us, kids. That, that's where, where we're to be at work with each other. We're to love each other, care for each other, cooperate with each other so that, uh, I'll say it this way, if you're not in vacation Bible school, what can you be doing? praying. You can pray all morning long. Just stop every now and say, yes, bless them today. Bless that teacher today. Open up the kids' hearts that they can understand that this is hard work. This is a spiritual battle. Everyone understand what it is? This is not just school. This is an opportunity for the Spirit of God to interact with the lives that changes people. It transforms those lives. So pray for them. And if you get a chance, come up and help out. That heavenly city is coming down. That's the model. That's the real one. We are working what the real one is about. We're the shadow of the real one. All right. So going on further, 1 Peter chapter 4. Oh, I'm sorry, 1 Peter chapter 2. 1 Peter chapter 2. Look at verses 4 to 10. 
Here's what he says. Talking about the, the, all the believers in Christ. Coming to him as to a living stone, rejected indeed by men, but chosen by God and precious. You also, as living stones, are being built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood, to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Therefore, it is also contained in Scripture, Behold, I lay in Zion a chief cornerstone, elect, precious, and he who believes on him will by no means be put to shame. Therefore, to you who believe, he is precious, but to those who are disobedient, the stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone and a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense. They stumble, being disobedient to the word which they were, to which they also were appointed. But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light, who once were not a people but are now the people of God, who had not obtained mercy but now have obtained mercy. See what he's doing? This is an interactive thing. This is not you trying to imitate the work of God. This is God himself working in you. That's, this, this is key to understand what the Christian life is about. It is God working in you to do this great thing. He's modeling you here after this heavenly city that he's bringing here. It's a brilliant place. Well, matter of fact, let, let's, let's just look it over, all right? <clears throat> You're still, uh, the, well, uh, let's go to the city. Letter C in your outline. The city is the bride of Christ, cleansed and sanctified by his word. Ephesians chapter 5, verses 25 to 27 had said this. Husbands, love your wives as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it and sanctified her by the cleansing of the word. That's what he's doing with each of us. Do you understand? He's speaking the word of God to us, and that's cleansing us all the time. It's making us more and more pure because that's what the model is. The model is the final one, the purified one. And this is the city that he was cleaning us up with and making us his bride. Everybody follow that? That's what he's doing right now with us. He's speaking the word of God, and that's cleansing you. It's, it's, it's making all of us a, a new and different people. This city is coming at the beginning of the millennial kingdom. It is the light of the new world. Okay, let, let me make sure that you're understanding this. Some people see this city that's descending coming at the end of the millennium. No, it is not. It's coming at the beginning of the millennium. Here's why, kids. What happens at the end of the tribulation? Well, I can tell you, what ends the tribulation? Let's back up just a little bit, and let's start here about the middle of the tribulation, and let's go to the very ending thing. That's the coming of Christ, right? So here, because of the abomination of desolation that had taken place, and because of the rejection of God Almighty, God has been taking seven angels with seven bowls, and they have been pouring these bowls out this earth is a mess. It is bloody. It has death all over it. The waters are bitter. 
It has been devastated by war. It's been devastated by God's action to it. Trees have burned up. The sun has been extra hot and has done all kinds of things, probably a sign that it's going to blow up pretty soon. But it's nonetheless been doing all of that. So this earth is a mess. Now imagine that you're going to start the millennium with that. That is not what you're going to start the millennium with. He is going to come as the Lord Jesus Christ as the the battle of Armageddon, and you've got blood there that's up to the horse's bridle. So you've got an intense, one more intense thing that has to happen. Brothers and sisters, he's got to make a new heavens and new earth here. You're not going into the millennium with the nasty, dirty other one. You're going into it with the new heavens and new earth. That's what 21, chapter 21 is about. And so that you can see, not only are you going into it that way, but there's a place for you to live in that new world, and that's the heavenly city. But I want to remind you here, let's talk about Jesus coming, what happens when Jesus comes. Okay, not only does he destroy all his enemies, but he has a great judgment there in Matthew 25. It says that he brings together all of the survivors of the tribulation. They're all brought before him. Now, all those with the mark of the beast died. They were killed. They died with the beast. Those who didn't have the mark of the beast, they come in several categories. I know that some of the Jews will be in that category. I know there's a pile of Gentiles that will be in there. Pile, that's a good ethnic term, I guess it is. But there, there's a group of Gentiles that will be in there. They all are coming before the Lord. It says that he takes those people and he separates them into the sheep and the goats. He says to the goats, why didn't you take care of me? This whole tribulation period, you had the opportunity to take care of me. You, you saw that when this Antichrist had done this abomination of desolation and when the devil came, you saw that they were destroying my people. Why didn't you take care of my people? What, what did you do that for? Lord, we, we didn't. Why didn't you take care of me? We, we didn't know that you were here. If you've done it to my brethren, you've done it to me. That's the context of Matthew 25. Everybody follow over coming? He says to the sheep, you took care of me when I was naked, on the run, sick, beat up, in great danger. You housed me. You clothed me. You fed me. You cured my wounds. When did we see you do that, Lord? In that you did it to the least of these, my brethren, you did it to me. Now, get the picture. His brethren are going into the millennium. Those who took care of his brethren are going into the millennium, not to the heavenly city. Everybody see where I'm coming from? So now I'm going to have two groups of people alive during that millennial time. I'm going to have a group of people who are living here on a brand new earth, new heavens and new earth, who are doing just exactly what Isaiah 65 and 66 said they're going to be doing. They are farming They are living in the the territories that God has given to them. Israel is the leading nation. The times of the Gentiles are over and done. 
There's not going to be conquest. There's not going to be wars. People are going to produce stuff and lots of it. And the ground is going to say, hallelujah, we can do what we're supposed to do now. No more thistles. No more weeds. Only good stuff. And we're going to produce double, triple, quadruple. That's the ground. That's my imitation of ground speaking, okay? But what I'm, what I'm saying is all the vegetation, all the things that have been commanded to bring forth are going to bring forth. And all the people who are living on that planet with the animals that are on our planet are going to be doing all of the farming and the work they were supposed to do back here. They're having the dominion we're supposed to have. They are taking care of the earth like we're supposed to do. They're being fruitful and multiplying. You're saying there are going to be people that are multiplying here? Yes, they're having children here on the earth. They're living long like they did back there. They're not dying like they were back there. Oh, they'll still die. Isaiah 66 tells us they'll still die. But there's another group of people. They're living in this city. They're living above. They're living in that city that is brilliant. This city is what lights up this planet. If I were coming from it, it's the light of that planet. I think you'll, you'll see that in just a few moments as we have opportunity to read that. Let me... Let me just finish up this right here. So this city is coming at the beginning of the millennial kingdom, not the end of it. So the city is descending right after Christ has has come. The earth is brand new, and you see this new city coming down. That's what you're going to see. And you see people living on the planet. You see people, people living in the city. Letter E in our outline. There's more accomplished by the day of the Lord than merely the outpouring of his wrath and judgment. It also includes the marriage of the lamb and his bride, the saving of millions of people who call on the name of the Lord. Let me take you back now. The timeline has now become the tribulation period. Here's the beginning of the tribulation, middle of tribulation, end of tribulation. We know that at the beginning of the tribulation, 144,000 Jewish people have been saved and they are preaching the good news of the Messiah. And many Jewish people are turning to the Lord Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. They're finally recognizing their Messiah. This is Israel getting saved. That's in the beginning of the tribulation, all right? And at the beginning of the tribulation, you also have Gentiles who are trusting in Jesus Christ. They're beginning to understand who, the, who Jesus Christ really is. They're trusting in Jesus Christ. Stop just a minute. Let me make sure over here, the bride of Jesus Christ is already gone. Why? She's got to get ready for the wedding. She's not part of the war and tribulations going on. She's had that for the last 2,000 years. She's gone. And now there are people who are trusting in Jesus for the first time, and there are others who are growing up right behind them and martyring them for trusting Jesus Christ. 
So you have both martyrdom going on for trusting Jesus Christ and a great revival going on for all kinds of things there, like we, we studied early on in the whole book of Revelation, all right? So by the time you get to the middle of the tribulation, when the abomination of desolation takes place, yeah, it's now become nasty. That's why the time after that is going to be called the great tribulation for trouble that like there has never been before. Are you with me? All right. So there's more accomplished by the day of the Lord than simply the pouring out of wrath. You've got all these people who are being saved. You've got the bride of Christ that's being rescued. You've got the bride of Christ that's going through her transition so that she can now wear the wedding garments that's going to take place here at the end of this tribulation. Everybody see where I'm at? All right. Pick up letter F. The city is huge. God's mercy has been shown for all history and time. The city is the collection of all those saints for all time. Isn't that amazing? All those people who have believed God in spite of what the world was saying to them or in spite of the martyrdom they went through, they have been believing in the Lord Jesus Christ. They're in that city. So you've got multiple citizens going on there. The bride is welcoming her party in her city with her. You follow where I'm at? She's got all these wedding guests she's invited, and they are with her there. The, Jesus is the light of it, and we are the light of the world. His glory is shining in us and through us, and all the dwellers of the earth are walking in the light of this city. So let's want to pick up here and let's look at um, uh, verse 9. Start following there. Yes, yes. Then one of the seven angels who had the seven bowls filled with the seven last plagues came to me and talked with me, saying, Come, I will show you the bride, the Lamb's wife. And he carried me away in the spirit to a great and high mountain and showed me the great city, the holy Jerusalem, descending out of heaven from God, having the glory of God. And her light was like a most precious stone, like a jasper stone, clear as crystal. Also, she had a great and high wall with 12 gates and 12 angels at the gates and the names written on them, which are the names of the 12 tribes of the children of Israel, three gates on the east, three gates on the north, three gates on the south, and three gates on the west. The wall of the city had 12 foundations, and on them were the names of the apostles of, of the Lamb. He who talked with me had a gold reed to measure the city and its gates. So he measured. I'm not going to go through all that measuring and stuff, but I am going to tell you this. The city itself is gold. The wall is crystal. And the light is the Lord Jesus Christ and all of you who have trusted in Jesus Christ. So if you get the picture, you've got the glory of God shining in that city. It's hitting off of gold. What do you suppose is happening to the light? It's being reflected everywhere. And you, it says this about you in Colossians chapter 3, verse 4. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall you also appear with him in glory. So the same thing that was Jesus' transfiguration is your transfiguration. So now it's not just Jesus who's shining. It's all of those who have followed Jesus who are shining. So if you get the picture, here's gold reflecting stuff all over the place. It's going through crystal walls, not masonry walls, not concrete walls. The light's passing through, 
and it's being refracted and reflected as it makes its way through. And it's sitting on top of foundations that are stones, crystal stones, that are now taking all of that light that's shining through and spreading it out again. So you've got this whole city that is a place full of light. It's a brilliant place. And it's sitting above this earth here so that all those who are on the earth can look at that and say, God is with us. That is God. This, this is like seeing the Shekinah when you were in the desert, in the wilderness, escaping in the Exodus. You see this great pillar of fire that's there. That was God with you. That's why they did tabernacles. That's why you have the celebration of tabernacles. You're remembering that God's with us. Kids, this coming time is God with us. That brilliant, brilliant city is what you're seeing. And all the nations of the earth shall walk in its glory. You see where we're at? That sounds pretty good, doesn't it? Uh, I've got a, a number of scriptures there under letter G, Daniel 12, 1 to 3, that just simply says that we will shine as those who are, uh, the resurrected ones will shine having wisdom. Matthew 17 is about his, uh, uh, resur- uh, I'm sorry, his transfiguration. Uh, Colossians 3, 4 is just a reminder that um, you, when Christ who is our life appears, um, you shall also appear with him in glory. And then let's look at, while we're at Revelation 21 here, let's look at verses 22 and 24 just for a moment. Verses 22 and 24, I saw no temple in it, for the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are its temple. The city had no need of the sun or the moon to shine in it, for the glory of God illuminated. The Lamb is its light, and the nations of those who are saved shall walk in its light, and the kings of the earth shall bring their glory and honor into it. I love it, all right? Therefore, the city is brilliant. All right, let me get, let's go on to page two there. The city is brilliant, full of the glory of God, constructed with materials made to reflect and refract that light. The walls are thick and high, and it's made of clear jasper, so that, that light's just bouncing all over the place. The city and streets are pure gold, reflecting glo- the, God's glory. The gates are of light, reflecting pearl. Uh, I should say, that's probably had a... Uh, dash in between there, light reflecting pearl, uh, named for Israel. Their message is the way into the city. God made Israel the ones who receive his word. So all the prophets, they were all Jewish. And it's those Jewish prophets that speak the message of who the gospel is. So your entry into the city is coming through the prophecies of old that Jesus, another Jewish person, fulfilled. So you, you've got to have the Old Testament. You've got to know, you've got to have that with it. In other words, you're not just buying off on a New Testament. You have the whole Bible, because the whole Bible is his testimony. Right? So the whole city is going to reflect that very truth. Apostles and prophets are the foundation for it, but the gates of the city are the beautiful pearls of the, the, the Old Testament the saints themselves, all right? The foundations are light, reflecting precious stones named for the gospel-bearing apostles. Now, let's look at, take a minute to look at life in the city. Its energy source is like nothing in our physical system now. It is powered by the glory of the Lord. I have no idea how that works. None at all. 
It's got to be some kind of Wi-Fi thing because I don't read any place here that there's, well, you, you understand what I'm saying? It's got to be wireless. There are no wires hooked in this thing. So somehow this glory gets radiated, and I don't know how you get radiated from, from the bodies that I know of right now. But the new body somehow is doing that. There's some sort of transfiguration that's taking place here, kids. I wish I could explain it to you. I can't, but I can tell you what it says. That's what it's saying. That, that's, that's what's going on. Some new energy power source, whatever that is. I know we, we, we are you know, having all kinds of difficulties trying to figure out how do we get rid of fossil fuels or do we keep fossil fuels? And, and, and do we, have, we have to create energy. He isn't. He is energy. And whatever he's doing, everything else is picking up on it. And it's not, it doesn't have any drain to it. You know, there's not a brownout. There'll never be a heavenly brownout. The city's a little dark, lighter today. Well, what's going on with the city today? Well, Jesus is on vacation in Jupiter. Right? But if you understand where I'm coming from, this is an immense power source, kids, that, you, that we don't have any physics for right now. Okay. The city has no separate worship space such as a temple. Instead, the persons of God Almighty and the Lamb are its temple, and they are pervasive in and around the city. Scripture has spoken of this concept before we see it here. There are a lot of places Scripture talk about uh, the light that's going to be reflected, reflected, reflected from people themselves. This is not some new concept. It's just now you're getting to see the concept really spoken about, all right? In letter C, the new earth is illuminated by the light of the suspended city and its residents walk about in it as we had in the old earth and cosmos. So we have the sun that's above us today. We walk around in the light of that sun. At that time, it's the new Jerusalem you're walking about. So that's the way this thing's going to be done at that time. The residents are found in their ethnic backgrounds. What does that mean? Let's take a look at it. Um. Verse 24 of Revelation 21. And the nations of those who are saved shall walk in its light. Wait a minute, the nations? That's the word ethnos. That's where we get our word ethnic. So that tells me something, kids. We're not all now converted to some kind of uh, single uh, person type. We're still in our own ethnic backgrounds. So what if this resurrection is? We're coming back in our ethnic background. Whatever it was, that's the way it's going to be. God's diversity is beautiful. God wanted that diversity to take place. There's unity in that diversity. And we're coming back with all those ethnic backgrounds to us. Further, Israelis are there as the dominant ruling people in fulfillment of promises made to them. God made a promise to David. David, you are going to be one day some one of your seed is going to sit on a throne for everlasting. You're going to have that forever and ever. That's what you're going to get to have. And David has been holding on to that promise, and so has Israel. And the day will come when I think we're going to see David will sit on the throne in the earth, Jerusalem. That's what he was promised. Jesus is on the throne in the heavenly Jerusalem. Fair enough? Israel is the dominant nation then 
Not going to be the United States, not going to be Russia, not going to be any, none of the other Gentile nations. They've had their time. And the time of the Gentiles is over. Everybody with me? All right. Number two, the residents of the earth are descendants of those who are saved alive at the end of the seven-year tribulation. They are here as a result of the Matthew 25 judgment of the nations. And then it says about this. This is kind of exciting. <clears throat> it says, its gates shall not be shut at all by day. There should be no night there. Now, get this. That's not the planet that there's no night on. It's the city that there's no night in. Why? Because it's continuously shining. There's no night there, but there will be if it's a globe. I don't even know that it's a globe for sure. Nothing is in, in here tells me it's a globe, but if it's a globe, you know, somebody's going to say, I think pastor believes in the flat earth. No, I didn't say that at all. I'm just saying it doesn't say here it's a sphere. It just simply says if it is, there is going to be the turning of that, and where the city's been shining on that, that'll be day. Where the city now is shining on the next, it's day there, but it's night over here. But never night in the city. Everybody see where we're coming from? Never night in the city, but that doesn't mean there isn't night on the earth. All right. So going on further, it says, that, uh, verse 26, they shall bring the glory and the honor of the nations into it, but there shall by no means, in, well, stop right there a minute, the glory and the honor of nations. Every nation God has given to it some unique thing that's really great for it. Um, Arkansas. I know you'll laugh your little thing, but that's okay. you laugh all you want, but our state has bauxite. And bauxite is the key element in aluminum. Suffer. We've got that. We've got diamonds in the northern part of it. There's a delta region to it. It's got all kinds of things. It's called the natural state because it's got all kinds of different things in it. When you think of different countries today, you think of the resources in that country. That's important to it. Can you imagine now every nation getting to develop its resource the way it was supposed to develop it and to take that honor and say, this is a perfect diamond. Lord Jesus, here is the most perfect diamond, and it's given as a gift. This is our glory. This is our honor. And that's what's happening with the people on the earth. They're bringing their glory and their honor into it. If someone says, that guy's a really good king, man. We like him being king. He's a really good king. That king says, I am not the good king. The good king is the Lord Jesus Christ, and I'm bringing my honor to the Lord Jesus Christ. See what I'm saying? That's what's happening in the new heavens and the new earth and the new city. Its gates are never closed, but you never have to worry about an invasion. Poor old Belteshazzar. Hey, why don't you bring out all the implements of the temple? Let's drink out of them. <laughs> We're safe in this city here. We'll have a great time. Nobody can get into this city. And that night Cyrus drained the, the river enough that he could get all his troops in there. 
and Belteshazzar died after reading the handwriting on the wall. Can I tell you this? In this city, you never, ever have to worry about anybody ever going on strike, tackling the city, bringing in some sort of strange new protest, bringing in some new crazy sin. It's not allowed. You can't be there. Kids, this is home. This is home. This is what God saved you for. It's home. And it'll be worth it all when we see Jesus. Amen? Father, thank you so much for the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you so much for the goodness of the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you for the truth of the Word of God. We ask just now in Jesus' name that you'll take these words and put them into our heart as we look forward. We have our hope set. We have great confidence in the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you now for what you're going to do in each of us in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, if you haven't trusted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, I'd like to encourage you today, this very moment, do just exactly that. He is the King of kings. He's the Lord of lords. He's already conquered death. He is waiting now to be able to come back to the kingdom that will be his. He's going to inherit the whole earth. He's got a judgment that's coming, and I'd like you to be able to miss that judgment. I'd like you. Matter of fact, it's not just me. The Father would like for you to miss that judgment by trusting in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Find His grace right now. Please don't leave here today without having trusted in Jesus Christ. Amen. Brothers and sisters, God has gifted you with the gift of salvation. He's given you His Holy Spirit. He's equipped you with everything that you have need of. And tomorrow we get to to participate in Vacation Bible School. We'd love to have all of you praying for us, all of you thinking about it. Bring kids if you can. Do whatever you can to help out that we might reach boys and girls and all the staff and their parents as far as that goes with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Well, God bless you. Tonight, we'll be looking at how you can know the will of God. That's at 6 o'clock, so join us, would you? Let's look the Lord in prayer. Father, we ask just now you dismiss us with your grace and peace. You're an awesome God. Thank you so much for the love of God that's in Christ Jesus. Thank you for the gospel. Thank you for the Holy Spirit. Thank you for fellowship. Thank you for one another. Thank you for all the good things you have done in our lives. We ask just now that as you dismiss us with your grace and peace, we might go in the fullness of the Spirit to be able to speak the Word of God to any who will hear. Thank you for it all in Jesus' name. Amen. We hope God has encouraged you with today's message by Pastor White. Thank you for joining us at the Edgemont Bible Church. We'd love to have you visit us if you're ever in the area. For directions, more information, or to support the ministry of Edgemont Bible Church, please go to our website at edgemontbiblechurch.org. That's edgemontbiblechurch, all one word, dot org. You can also follow us on Facebook at Edgemont Bible Church, where the Sunday morning message is broadcast live.